our generations that are alive right now have a responsibility to carry the message and to tell the story. And what is that story that we're going to share? And it's, in, in my opinion, and I believe Scripture would agree, it's a story of love, just as Jesus said. You'll know, they'll know you're my disciples by your love. Love is what will move the heavenlies, and love is what will open people's hearts to the good news uh, of Jesus being the Messiah. Welcome to Grace in 30 on WERALP, Arlington 96.7 FM. This is Ed Malik, and I'll be your host for the program tonight. Folks, we're living in a time of division, hate, ignorance, and untruth. No group is unaffected, including the Christian church, where there are more denominations than you can shake a stick at, and numerous divisions within each of these groups. Tonight, we'll be focusing on relations between Jewish, Arab, and Western Christians. We're joined by Eric Teitelman, a Messianic Jew, and Jed Robine, a Gentile Christian, to talk about how they're working together to eliminate barriers, including a recent gathering of Christians from each of these groups that they attended in Israel. Eric and Jed, welcome to Grace in 30. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you, Ed. When we spoke on the phone, we chatted back in May uh, to prepare for this. Eric, you gave me some examples of the, the frictions between Western Christians and Jews and Arabs. You talked about a small number of Jewish Christian leaders that the Christian church they thought was anti-Semitic. Um, and they pointed to the, the synagogue shootings in Pittsburgh and Southern California as evidence. What are you guys doing? What's being done in general to counter these perceptions and to promote unity? Well, that's a very difficult question, and, and one of the things that disturbed me after the shooting in San Diego was actually reading about the young man, and I felt very sorry for both him and his family because he was, uh, from what I understand, he was actually in a Christian church in San Diego. His father, I believe, is an elder in the church, was raised uh, to, to be a proper Christian, and he had somehow developed these ideas of hatred against Jewish people for various reasons, and especially uh, that they had killed Christ, you know, the, the Messiah of Israel, and he was angry about that, and he wanted to take some vengeance out on them. So it was, it was a very sad and uh, disturbing uh, piece of information that came out, and actually through some Jewish written articles that I had, uh, they had picked up on this, and of course, you know, this is another one of those um, little weapons, you know, that the enemy tends to throw darts at us where, he, you know, he's got... Uh, a young man uh, in the name of Jesus killing Jews, and it's a classic response from the Jewish people, which is, look, the Christians do really hate us after all. They are all trying to kill us in the name of Jesus. So so that was, that was I think, what you were asking about, and, and my response to that, uh, and our response to that in Israel has been completely the opposite, where we have been, Jed and I were there in March, and we had a chance to to join about a, a group of about 100 Christians from all over the world. There were Messianic leaders there, Arab Christian leaders. We had people from, from the United States, from, from Asia, from China. And here, in, in truly Im, Im, immersed in, I would say, the love and grace of God, there was forgiveness, there was this unity where we came together as uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, and there was this incredible feeling of love that each of us uh, felt for everyone that was there. And how many people were there? Uh, it was about 100 people that were there at this gathering in Jerusalem. So you made a comment on the phone. You said that it sometimes feels like you're spitting into a hurricane when you're trying to do this sort of work. Did you walk away from the conference with that same feeling, or did you feel like you made real, real progress? 
I, well, I still feel like I'm spitting in a hurricane because there were a hundred of us there, and there are 1.5 or 6 billion Christians in the world, and I wish there were not a hundred there, but maybe 1,500 or 15,000 Christians that would come together and say, hey, let's love each other, let's pray for each other, let's forgive each other, and let's really show God's love and grace as Jesus instructed us to love each other as he has loved us. And he said, no greater gift that a man would lay down his life for his, his friends. And Jesus was really setting the bar pretty high. And of course, the Bible, the New Testament says we are to esteem others more highly than ourselves. And I wish I could see that more often in the body of Christ. Jed, what about you? What was your reaction coming away? Um, yeah, I was really um, blessed. I was kind of pinching myself that I was even there to witness um, this this level of unity. You know, the Lord obviously prays in John 17 that all believers would be one as he is one with the Father. It's the high priestly prayer of Christ. And, you know, if you look at church history, if you just open the newspaper, <laughs> uh, division has been kind of, you know, by and large, that's that's a, been a, the broad path. Unity has been the narrow path. Uh, and here in, in arguably the most divided city in the world, where uh, whether we're talking about political, whether we're talking about religious uh, differences and, and divisions, Jerusalem would be at the top of the list of, of divided places. And yet here, because of the work of the Messiah, uh, every tribe and tongue um, coming together, uh, and this is something that hasn't happened. Um, you know, if you go back to AD 70 at the original scattering of, uh, of really the Jewish remnant at the time of believers from Jerusalem, there hasn't been a large remnant of Jewish believers in, in Israel until modern days within the last 50 years. Um, and so here we have a, a Jewish remnant that is believing in Jesus. We have Arab Christians that are confessing the Messiah and believers from different tribes and tongues. There was believers there from Africa, from China, North America, South America. And we gathered there with one heart and one mind. It wasn't a teaching conference, it was a worship conference, and it was a relationship and a fellowship conference where we prayed for each other and, and to see uh, you know, brothers and sisters weeping on each other's necks. Um, this is the family of God. Um, and that's really what burns in my heart is, is uh, that we could be one just as, as the Lord wants us to be in the family. You know, the church shouldn't be divided. There shouldn't be racism in, in the kingdom of God. There's just no, there's no place for it. Um, and so to see some of those barriers coming down uh, was really a dream come true. Yeah, we were talking in the green room, uh, the red green room before the, the program, about the importance of unity. And, and really, you guys are kind of crossing boundaries, getting to know each other. You know, the Arabs and the Jews and, and the Western Christians to get to know each other. Give us some examples. Give us some encouragement, you know, some concrete things you know, that came out of it, some friendships that were formed, some, some things that have been happening or going to be happening to, to let people know, you know, this stuff is real. We're supposed to be, we talked about it again a few minutes ago, about radically different, you know, loving our enemies, um, you know, praying for those who hate us, blessing those who curse us. I mean, give us some examples of what's going on. Well, there are so many examples. I, you've got my head spinning now. Where do I start? But I think one of the things that I loved the most was, as Jed mentioned, there was relationship time. And we had really literally roundtable discussions where we were to break out. We broke out into smaller groups. And I was able to sit there at a table with an Arab Christian leader and, uh, and leaders from other uh, parts of the, the world and, and Messianic leaders from Israel and just, in, just have just conversation and dialogue and ask them questions about their congregations and the things that they struggle with and we had a chance to pray for each other and so the, you know that that was an example so in in the you know the main gathering room we had 
our worship time, and then th- those would you know would end, and we would come, huddle together, and we would begin praying for each other, and really, as the Holy Spirit would lead, uh, the room would move in a particular direction, and so we had one uh, part of this, and again, it was really just led by the Lord, where you you have um, Christ, Christian Arab Christian leaders that are asking the Jewish leaders to forgive them for their the atrocities that have been committed against Jewish people by their either their people groups or the churches in general and then on the other side you also have the messianic leaders asking the arab uh, arab christian leaders for their forgiveness because of arrogance and and separation and and mistreatment of arab christians and they've been in many cases arab christians have felt very diminished uh, in in the world and sort of underrecognized within the the larger christian population groups so just the idea that we would just hey, let's forgive each other and let's pray for each other and, and see the vulnerability in people opening up and exposing their needs and their their need for people to pray for them and to be in a fellowship uh, with other Christians that care for them and pray for them really broke down a lot of barriers. Chet, what about you? I mean, I, I specifically think of we're supposed to be providing an example for the world. I mean, did you did you do these things, you know, with Eric and then come out of it and, and see how it had an effect on others? I mean, were there any stories like that? or? Well, you know, I, I think I was really blown away by, you know, and I echo that statement that Eric made earlier about spitting into a hurricane. You know, when you think about the press and the media and the news cycle, um, it's all about violence and division in that area of the world. We hear nothing but bad news. You'll never hear CNN run, uh, you know, a story of, you know, these are the small group of believers getting together and, and praying for each other and eating a meal and, and spending time together and working through ancient wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, that story is not going to lead the news. And yet there it is. And I believe that's the story that, that God's telling. It's the story he's been telling from the very beginning. It's a great story. It's a story of reconciliation, forgiveness, redemption, and the restoration of Israel and the re- restoration from every tribe and tongue. And so to be there, to watch it happen, um, you know, there were lots of conversations we had with believers from all over the world. I was really blown away. Uh, you asked for a sp- specific story. Um, there was probably about 15 uh, members of a Chinese, of a group from China. And they are there. They don't speak English. They have translators. Um, and they're there out of a conviction from the Holy Spirit. Um, and they, they call it the road to Jerusalem. They feel that they're to bring the gospel from China back along the Silk Road back to Jerusalem wow. and evangelizing along the way. And, and there they are, burning with love for the family of God, burning with love for the Jewish remnant, burning with love for the Arab remnant that's there. And these are two people groups that have a very hard life in Israel um, that are rejected. You know, the Messianic Jews are rejected by Israeli society by and large, and Arab Christians are rejected by Arab and Muslim society by and large. Um, and so they're marginalized. And so just to see nations come around them and say, we love you, we're here, let's be together. Um, and that this being together is glorifying to God and that conviction um, manifesting. And they're holding a big gathering. I think it's in Hong Kong. I think it's this month, actually, they're gathering in Hong Kong where East meets West to continue the prayer meeting. And so leaders that were at this meeting in Jerusalem are going to be in Hong Kong. And so some of the Arab and Jewish people based in the Middle East are going to go there. Yeah, there's, there's, they were announcing it and proclaiming it. So it's just interesting that there's the spirit is moving and, and the same witness that is in Eric and I's heart where we, we looked at this event and said, you know, I feel like we're supposed to go, Eric. And, and he felt the same. This isn't just something that's unique to us. This is something that the Holy Spirit's doing around the world. And the gathering point 
the the flashpoint is Jerusalem, um, and that uh, that's where you know all roads lead to Jerusalem, uh, and it's it's the road of love, it's the road of unity, it's the road of reconciliation. So, did you guys come out of this with sort of? as a group agree, hey, we're going to do the following. Each one of us, when we walk out of this thing, we're going to go back home. I mean, you're on a radio program right now. You're sharing the message right now. You know, what, what sort of things did the group collectively agree to do? And, and what about you guys? Did you walk into the conference with some kind of a preconceived notion? You know, you're kind of pretty senior Christians. You've, you know the word and all, but did you walk away like, wow, I really had a, an epiphany here about some particular issue I've been struggling with? It's two questions, sorry. Yeah, it's a lot of questions, actually. Uh, well, first of all, I didn't actually go in with any any preconceived notions about what would happen there. In fact, I, t- to be honest, I was expecting it to be more like a conventional conference where you go in and there's sort of the introduction and you sit and, and there's some worship time and then you get into lecture time. Yeah, the question was more not so much what would happen there, but about your Arab brother- brothers yeah. or people and, like that. Uh, yeah, and again, I didn't really know who was coming. It was there, there just wasn't a lot of information shared about who had registered, and so and there wasn't an agenda sent out in advance, and so I didn't really have any expectations other than I've been to other conferences and I think this is what it's going to be like. And it, it was a lot of money to go there. And so I was questioning, I'm sure Jed was questioning also, should we spend all this money to, to travel to Israel? And, and you know, really, is there something that we're going to get out of it? And the answer that, that we we did get something significant out of it, I would say really, to me, it was a absolute 100% confirmation of of what exactly God has put on our hearts. And, and and this is where it started. I mean, from the very beginning of the conference, the words that came out of the leaders were one new man. And and for those of you that don't really know what that is, it's a reference to Ephesians chapter 2, where Paul is talking about God bringing all of the different nations together, the Jews and all of the nationalities, uh, the Gentiles, bringing them together as one people of God in Christ. It perfect unity. It's really the answer to to the prayer in John 17, where Jesus says that all flesh. He's talking about every single nation will be unified in Him and unified in each other. And I think that, I mean, I felt not only a sense of complete confirmation in the direction that that we are we were already heading in, but in a sense, really a commissioning that we're saying, look, watch and see what I'm doing here. But now I want you to take that to the nations. And of course, he has planted us here in the United States. And so, the, you know, they're talking about having these roundtables now every year in, in Jerusalem. This is their second one. But there's also now discussion about having these gatherings in the United States. And I've even begun to reach out to Arab Christian leaders in the Washington, D.C. metro and said to them, hey, would you like to get together for lunch to, to talk and pray? Uh, for Let's pray for each other. Let's get to know each other a little bit, little bit better. And I'm getting some responses on that already. So unity, I'm hearing unity over and over, crossing a boundary, getting to know each other. This is a constant theme of the guests that come on the program. What about you, Jed? Maybe a couple other things that are really important that you guys are making sure you're sharing. Um, you know, so, so one thing here is, is unity and focusing on building that up, getting to know one another. What else do you want to share? Um, well, I would just echo what, uh, what Eric said. I think we both had come together out of friendship and had both had a, had a deep conviction from the Word of God about about unity and about the one new man, as, as Eric just talked about, and confirmation is the right word, and commissioning. Um, I really felt uh, that God called us there as witnesses. And, you know, a witness gives testimony. You don't have to know everything when you're standing before uh, in the court. You're just asked to tell what you saw. 
what do you know about what happened? And mm-hmm. I feel that Eric and I have been called as uh, Jewish and Gentile messengers together to go forward with a message of unity and to, to tell believers about what God is doing um, because all are invited to the table. Uh, it's a, Jesus talks about the table in Matthew 8. He says, you know, Gentiles are going to come from the east and west and sit down at the table with Abraham. You know, and so this table, whatever that is, I love the imagery that Jesus invokes. It's, you know, a meal. It's a feast. It's fellowship. It's relationship. It's friendship. It's family. We're all invited to that table. But a lot of people in our Christian journey of discipleship don't understand the one new man. And it's a it's kind of a marginalized or a misunderstood doctrine that I believe the Lord is wanting to bring emphasis on in this season um, of time so that we can properly align ourselves with what the Spirit is saying to the to the people of God. So we're really we should be actively pursuing unity. Amen. Absolutely. In fact it's it's what it, you know, the Christians talk about that the greatest commandment is love, and you know Jesus said they'll know you're my disciples by the love that you display for one another. So, and the John 17 prayer is quoted, you know, continually in, in churches and prayer services that I attend. And so, I, if, if you were to sum up Christ, the Christian life in one word, it is, it is co- the love of Christian community and people coming together in the love of Christ and really connecting with each other as one people. And so, it, that is the Christian life in the Christian community. Yeah, I mentioned to you on the phone when we spoke about my pastor using the term, you know, we should be famous for love. That's you know, right. Your, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And then elsewhere it says that you know, may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're unified. People people will just know that God sent Jesus. So it's, it is a big thing to fight right now. Let's, let's, so really the two themes for you are famous for love, unity. We also talked a bit about the kingdom. You know this has kind of been on my heart and, <laughs> and burning at me, this, this sort of this great news that there's this coming kingdom. And a coming king, we got elections right now. You know, here everyone's preaching a message of hope and whatever, and, and it'll just be, it seems the same thing over and over again. But we do know that we have a, a true king, one who's truly just, and truly peaceful and righteous that's going to be returning and ruling. Talk a bit about that, this, this, this kingdom that's kind of partially established right now. Jesus came once. He's going to return again, and we're supposed to be providing a foretaste of that. Why, why is this important for us? Well, that's our blessed hope in a nutshell. It's a, it's a massive topic, so I'm, I'm you know, you know I'll, I'll, do, I'll do my do, best. Do it in two minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think you know, the topic of the kingdom of God, this is what Jesus was preaching um, and what is, what is the kingdom? You know, it, it's, it's the will of the king uh, manifesting in heaven on earth. It's his ways. It's his rule. It's authority, you know, to it's a collision of light and darkness. Um, it's salvation. It's healing. It's breakthrough. It's, it's uh, love. <laughs> um, Justice. Shalom. Right. It, it's, oh. it's the fullness of God. You know, Jesus talked about coming to give us life and life to the full. It's shalom. It's, it is that sense of fullness and, and his plan and purpose is prevailing on the earth. And, and I think sometimes we get the church confused with the kingdom. And it's kind of like, you know, an ambassador. An ambassador of the United States is a citizen of the United States, but he is not the United States of America. He's just the ambassador. And I think some people think the church and the kingdom are synonymous, but the church is the ambassador of the kingdom. Anyone that's in the ecclesia, the people of God, are the ambassadors of the kingdom, and we're to bring his kingdom will in our families, in our workplaces, uh, and across society. We're to be influencers to season uh, with the word of God uh, in season 
his will bearing uh, coming up against the kingdom of darkness and seeing the lost saved, seeing you know the demonized set free. It's Isaiah 61, preaching the good news to the poor. So the kingdom of God is is a massive topic. I'm not sure if I've answered all your questions there, Ed, but um, no, I, I mean it's fine. It's it's <laughs> it's funny. We talk about you know it, it, Jesus set a radical example. Always being beaten and nailed to a cross and crucified. He said, "Father, forgive them, for they know not, not what they're doing." He washed the disciples' feet, you know, the night before they abandoned him. This is radical behavior, and and what are you you know you guys doing to try to promote that sort of thing? I mean, you know my story with me and my wife, and we were enemies, and I chose to serve her, and it led to this amazing you know restoration of our relationship over ten years. How can we get this message out to people that we have this incredible power, and if we start to to live this kingdom life, we can have a ridiculous impact? Well, the, well part of the part of the challenge is that that as Christians we have to understand. And, you know, the term has been used a lot, and you've probably heard it, the kingdom is here but not yet. Jesus said to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, meaning that there is this future time. The disciples asked Jesus, is it now the time that you will restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, it's it's not, don't worry about it, basically, he, in paraphrasing here. He said, just don't worry about it. I've got a lot of work for you to do. You You are preparing for the kingdom. And the imagery here, of course, is Jesus came into to Jerusalem and he laid, you know, that there were, as he was on a donkey and, and the people were there laying palm branches down and leafy branches and the, he was riding in. It was like they were paving, they were preparing the way for his return. And that is our job. Mm. Jesus said to occupy till he returns and to be always looking for his imminent return. He said, blessed is the man who's watching. And so so we have this kingdom in our heart. We have in, in our Christian communities, we have the ability in our homes, we have the ability to create these these sanctuaries of, of space where we can say the kingdom of God exists in this space and the peace of God and the love of God can be man- fully manifest in our homes and in our church communities, in our small Christian communities, even large Christian communities. The question is whether or not we can make the entirety of America a Christian nation, and I think that answer really depends on the people of America. Do we Are we going to submit our will to the King, Yeshua, Jesus, or are we going to submit our will to government leaders and government authorities? And unfortunately right now this nation is incredibly divided, some that are you know pushing in one direction and others that are clearly pushing in an opposite direction. So we've got two and a half, three minutes. What's on your hearts? What's the most important thing you want to share to the Arlington residents and people in D.C. and downtown D.C.? Well, I think the, the most important thing that, that I'd like to share and the message I'd like to share is that each of us, I think, has an obligation to to display the love of Jesus to our family and friends in our community, in our Christian community. And as as Christians, I think we need to see that the church is not a building, the church is not a denomination, the church doesn't have walls, but the church is a people of God. And that that people of God, that ecclesia in kahal is the Hebrew name, that ecclesia is comprised of every tongue and tribe and nation and people, meaning that it is it is really a, God has redeemed of every tongue and tribe in Revelation uh, chapter 5, it says that every tongue and tribe is standing before the throne, and we are singing this new song of redemption to and, and worshiping our king who has redeemed us. And so I, that we need to have this kingdom mindset that we are waiting for the king. We are one people of God. Let us not isolate and separate ourselves uh, by our the, you know denominational divisions or theological di- divisions. We need to come together as, in, as one people of God. 
Yeah, and I would just say the, the, the word for me is restoration. Um, you know, that if, if we look across in the Middle East and what really what Eric and I were witnessing um, and what's been happening over the last, you know, 70 years is a progression. It's the first fruits of a, the restoration of, of, of the Jewish people to their Messiah. Um, and that's salient for any believer in any tribe at any time of history because Jesus said, to Jerusalem, you won't see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And now there's a remnant there saying that those very words, and so prophetically, very significant. But it's not just the restoration of Israel. It's the restoration of the family of God. And that's really what I would want to leave with the with the listeners is, if you're a believer, if you're a disciple, and you follow Jesus as the Messiah, you are at that table with Abraham, that you are connected through faith with the Hall of Heroes in Hebrews 11 that have gone before us, and we're running our race now in America. Our generations that are alive right now have a responsibility to carry the message and to tell the story. And what is that story that we're going to share? And it's, in, in my opinion, and I believe Scripture would agree, it's a story of love, just as Jesus said. You'll know, they'll know you're my disciples by your love. Love is what will move the heavenlies, and love is what will open people's hearts to the good news uh, of Jesus being the Messiah of Israel and the consolation to the nations. It disarms the enemy. Love, The love of God disarms the enemy completely. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Where can people find out about your work? I know you have a website. Yes, uh, I have a website called The House of David, and it's thehouseofdavid.org. Actually, Jed and I are going to be putting together a new ministry called Commission. We are teaming up together as a Jewish person and a Christian Gentile to come together and to share this this message, and that that's going to be coming soon. Jed, any websites or anything? I don't have any websites, but uh, yeah, I would echo, you know, Eric and I are co-founding commission together and are excited about what that's going to look like. Co-heirs, co-laborers, commissioned to tell the story of God. So we're excited about what's coming. All right, gentlemen, again, thank you so much. Uh, This is Ed, Eric, and Jed signing off from Grace and 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Have a great night and be sure to tune into Grace.